Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 322. My name is Brando, and it's going to be the last episode of... 2021, although the past few years feels like just one really bad day. Right, Doug? Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> so I, yeah. no, it's the best way just to end the year and to end the year on a high note with you because we, we talk often. I'm not going to abuse our relationship oh. because you could be my guest every day. You have enough stories for that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it, man. Even though, if you're watching on a YouTube page, even though you're wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat, where are you right now? I'm in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, they moved me from the uh, land of the riots to the land of the best barbecue. Oh, it's funny. It's funny, Brando. I've lived in Houston, St. Louis, and Memphis, where they all think they have the best barbecue. Man, they're wrong. They just don't brag about it here in KC. Okay, but it's incredible. Incredible. Nice. Okay. All right. When when you are there, we gotta. Well, I I always like to say I want to travel, but it's difficult now with covid and everything although i guess that's a nice segue into this episode as we're going to do a year in review of guns and roses you know on this guns and roses themed flavored podcast and also whatever we want to share about your book you know i guess as far as the teaser because what uh fingers crossed maybe next year we, we hope that's the... oh no question okay next year, Brando. okay we're so close i got so, so much close, work to man. do oh we'll, we'll talk about that so you know what you know what ends up happening you know this but uh, they don't is um we end up doing stuff and it's like wait a second there's so much more right there's so much more to talk about so, i know you know here we go yeah that's the At thing some point we got it so it's uh you know it's to to use Axel's line right what when, when will it be out Brando oh <laughs> I don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it that's right actually <laughs> you and the the AFD audience the bad apples will appreciate this so we're recording this I'm gonna release it I mean if not today uh, tomorrow but I'm re- recording this the day after Christmas that's so true. um. Merry Christmas! I know you're you're half right. I don't know how you That's if right. you sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never... Well, you know the the thing about it is when you've got the Goldstein side, you still celebrate the Christmas. So you get presents on both days. Right? Yeah, so, on both holidays. Sorry. Yeah. I I I was just joking with uh, as I'm filling in uh, this past week and this coming week on Q1043 as the producer, and there's a lot of rock and roll Christmas music, and I'm right. telling the jocks there that I used to be as a child just. I didn't want to be Jewish. I'm like, everything is Christmas. Like I was so, <laughs> yeah, right. I know yeah. now, obviously yeah. I know it's not a big deal, but yesterday I had a real Jewish Christmas. I got two of my brothers where I came to my apartment and we had Chinese food. There you go. Very well. Right. Very good. <laughs> did you, did you have the Hanukkah bush? We have a, yeah. My, growing up, we did growing up. Right. I did, we had a Hanukkah bush. We have a little Christmas tree in my apartment Decor, you know, just for, it's not even, there you go. So, Merry Christmas, happy, you know, I appreciate those who reached out to me privately, so let me just uh, say that at, again at the beginning, uh, the end of this year, but let's kind of go back to the beginning of the year, if we can remember. Yeah. 
And I was I was looking back, and maybe it's just a, a one-off question. Maybe you have a story. Maybe you don't. Because the first interview of the year was with Mark Ford of uh, formerly of the Black Crows. So if you want to yeah. listen to all twenty of uh, twenty twenty one episodes, start there. I think it's episode like three, you know, uh, right. early twos. He, what's funny about that episode, is I, I know he's been asked about uh, auditioning for Guns N' Roses a lot. He's been asked that throughout his career, and I do my best not to ask the same questions all the time, because especially somebody who works in radio who sees the other side of it. Right. You know, you want to come up with something original. You don't. You, uh-huh. you do your best. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I wish I'm not. So I just asked him if he had ever plays that in the time of COVID. Does he ever play that what if game? Does he ever think back on his life? What if I joined Guns N' Roses instead of the Black Crows? No, no. It's every, everything worked out great. He joined the Juju Hounds. Everything was great. The very next episode he does, and shout out to State of America, a, a Black Crows podcast. They interviewed. Uh-huh. They interviewed Mark Ford. And he said he auditioned a second time, and that went viral. I don't know why he didn't say it on my show, the GNR part. Right. Whatever, it's good for them. <laughs> but do yeah, you right. do you remember anything about Mark Ford auditioning? Yeah, uh, no, I really don't. Okay, yeah, I really don't. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I know I know Mark from the Black Rose days because I was going to manage them uh, until Nevin said we're too busy with Great White Guns and Roses. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But the cool thing is, and I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, but um, I was getting calls from Rich and Chris every day, every day. And you would have thought that they were calling because they love Slash. Uh-uh, not at all. They were huge Izzy fans, loved Izzy Stradlin. Um, That's all they wanted to talk about. And so that's why they wanted uh, me in particular to manage them. Um, but it was Snippin's company, and he said no. So Okay. Okay. That's Duh. That's interesting yep. to know. That's not in the book. We didn't talk about that yet in the book. No. All right. No. I don't, do we put that in now since we already said it on the podcast? Sure, yeah. All right, we already sure. said it here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then also, since it's fresh in my mind, is uh, it was the last episode with Dave Navarro, and I appreciate all, oh, yeah. all the wonderful responses. Not a, you know, I got with this guest. I you know, I get lucky sometimes. Sometimes you get an email opportunity. Just I don't know. It was overly easy as far as all the difficulties I get with interviews it was just crazy and it was a very important conversation about mental health and uh, an addiction that was the primary reason for the interview but we did talk about guns roses of course which did lend itself to mental health saying that when he auditioned for gnr and i don't know again if you have stories about this or not that he was not mentally there he, he missed an audition to, he said, uh, after Izzy, Axel was on the phone with me every day, really wanted me in the band. We're talking about directions. Very much so. So, yeah. yeah. So who brought, I guess it was you, though, that brought in Dave? Or do you- yeah, it was me that brought him in through his manager. Um, Axel asked me to contact him. Uh, Rianne, my assistant, who I still love, adore, she's my life. I mean, she protected me. She, you know, worked hard with the band. She knew everybody in the band personally very well. She would run errands where she's going up to the guy's houses. I mean, she's just an incredible person. Uh, and she literally worked for, gosh, probably 15 years managing on her own, Kat Bondi. Um, just separated with Kat to do something else. But uh, anyway, I love Rianne. She used to be married to Dave. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't play that card because I thought they're not married anymore. Probably not a fair thing to do. Um, but uh, contacted Dave through the manager and uh, ended up speaking to Dave personally. 
Um, and just a super nice guy. Uh, Axel had turned me on to Jane's Addiction years before saying, um, you and I are going to go see the best live band you'll ever see. Um, and I didn't know anything about Jane's at the time. And so we went to Irvine Meadows, him and I together, and watched him. And they were, God, they were arguably the best live band I've seen. In terms of actual performance, not necessarily production. Uh, production I would have to say Queen uh, and or Journey in the early days. Uh, they just outdid everybody. But um, so, yeah, uh, uh, I didn't know much about Dave uh, not showing up. Um, I knew that, uh, again, uh, the pushback was from Slash. You know, I'm not going to work with him. Uh, you know, he's a lead guitar player. I'm not going to split leads with the guy. No way. Uh, I don't know if you know, uh, Brando, um, why Dave would have had a, a conversation with you about uh, um, uh, things from the past affecting him mentally. Um, do you know anything about his story? Oh, yeah. We, we spoke about that. And he's been obviously very vocal about it, his mom being murdered basically in front of him. I mean, that's. In front of him, he was in the closet. Yeah, he was in the closet when she got murdered in front of him. Horrendous, yeah. and and yeah, if you uh, go, I can't, even imagine. I can't either, and and that's why right off the bat, you know, I had I had to talk about it. We we're talking about mental health, and I'm like, since yeah. we know your story, I would like, and I'm asking you about your story, and this goes back to not wanting to ask the same amount of questions. I'm like, look, my dad took his life eight years ago. You know, I I was basically suicidal throughout my twenties. You know, not just wanting yeah. to be here, and I felt. That opened up. He was opened at the beginning, but him and Billy Morrison, they're like, okay, this is somebody who generally he cares about what we have to yeah. say in this topic. So I think that's why, you know, they didn't mind talking about Guns and Roses at the end. Uh, yeah. Some people were just like a Guns and Roses podcast. They get they little right. Well, I won't mention his last name, but one of my best friends, a guy named Andrew, uh, just a sweet, 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 sweet man. Um, Sweet man, just a very good friend. But uh, his father uh, blew his brains out right in front of him and his brother. Um, and how, how do you ever, you know, forget that ever uh, the rest of your life? And, uh, you know, it has certainly shaped uh, who Andrew is. Uh, how could it not, right? Um, doesn't define him by any stretch, but, uh, you know, um, he's a just a wonderful, 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 wonderful man. And uh, nobody should ever have to go through that, of course. No. So. And that's what people need to also understand about the your book that we're, we are working on is that we're talking about mental health with yeah. not just yourself, you know, uh, your family, band members. Yeah. And it's not excusing behavior. It could be explaining so we can just maybe finally really, really grasp mental health. And it's we've been making strides. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've heard me say this a number of times, Brando, but, you know, um, Uncle Joe has a heart condition. Uh, Aunt Mary has cancer. Um, you know, shit, it's even, uh, uh, you know, Cousin John broke his arm. And everybody's, oh, my God, poor Cousin John, he broke his arm. Or shit, you know, t Tony's got a hangnail, right? Oh, my Lord, how bad is it? But you mentioned mental illness and people run run and one of my bucket list things is to kind of change that and to just embrace it as what it is it is a mental illness um it's like cancer or anything else you know it's not something that you're born with and um you know those uh, deep dark lulls in people's lives those are things that we need to be there and support one another and love each other through them uh, in my humble opinion dave said something that 
I know it applies to you and, and, and me and Axel. And it's yeah. like you think the next thing is going to fix it. Once I get rich, once I find right, a woman, yeah. once sure. I reach fame, and it's just never enough. You know, once it's drugs, it's, you know, and I had that on a lower level. Once I get full time in radio, once I get this, and it's just like I keep grasping. Now I'm just trying to live through years of therapy live through yeah. the moment so it, it was nice to hear dave you know he's talking about therapy it's not fixing any of us it's a daily thing i don't think human beings <laughs> could ever be quote unquote fixed but just you do your best well, yeah, yeah. For, for me personally i was a workaholic my whole life uh, still that to a great extent i mean yeah. I still that right um but my perspective has changed i realized after the Guns N' Roses thing, that all I was doing my entire life was trying to keep people away from me by building wealth. Um, if I could, if I could accumulate enough wealth, right, um, then I would be able to build this wall around me that was impenetrable. Um, I'd have to have people answering phone calls for me, and so it was a way for me to buffer myself from the outside world. Uh, didn't work, um, but and it was certainly nothing that I had uh, had considered doing it was just in retrospect looking back absolutely what i was doing at no question i'm not doing it anymore i'm, I'm a workaholic for a different reason now. Yeah. but but for you know uh, the entire time that i was with gnr and years prior um you know i was a workaholic just to keep people uh, at arm's length if you will i never let anybody really close to me i didn't let anybody close to me until sandy Really, I mean, nobody's ever really seen the real heart of Doug uh, until Sandy, and she just kind of broke it down through love. Quite honestly, that's uh, if I had the sound bites, I would cue the the Full House. Uh, sorry, I know you were saying something. See, that's my deflection. I still have defense mechanisms despite all my sure. therapy. I get. It. I do as well. I but, do as well. But, but I throw if it gets if it gets too romantic, I I have to throw a joke in. <laughs> I'm so bad with yeah. that. I really am. But yeah, we, we but we still talk about these serious topics on this Guns N' Roses themed podcast. Mm -hmm. But where I'm obviously glad and I've learned a lot about your life, we have a little bit through the podcast as well, where how far you've come. Me, I just, I look back and it's, I told Dave Navarro this and Billy Morrison, this silly little GNR podcast has helped me. You know, I was burying myself in work. You know, as long as I can keep, you know, I'm always busy doing something with work i'm not thinking about other things you know sure. but, but now i'm using it as an outlet to connect with people like you and and to connect with people in the guns and roses world which i never even thought was possible so to kind of gear it back to this year in review thing i mm -hmm. never thought that i would be traveling i mean it wasn't that far i went to uh hershey park i went to baltimore uh, New Jersey, which is not much, much traveling for me here in uh, Queens, but with a girl to see Guns N' Roses. That was such a, a, a foreign concept to me at one point. But yes, this year, I've, I've, I've never did seen... They play the, did they play the same raceway in Hershey Park that we played in 91-ish? I don't think so. I should have Okay. Written... Do you remember the venue at I, Hershey? At Hershey Park, I should, if I was an yeah. actual good... Uh, oh, it was right by... Well, I mean, it was right by Hershey Park. But I should say, was it a race? Was it a raceway, or was it a stadium? Oh man, it was not a great looking stadium. Uh, could have been the same place then. All right, well, let me see. So, Hershey. This is why I need. This is why uh, the podcast needs to continue to grow, and hopefully earn money, so I can hire a producer to do these things. Exactly. Uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah Hershey Park, Showed up. Stadium. 
Hershey Park Stadium. I can tell you the address right now. Uh, just what do you need to know about it as it brings up Wiki, Wikipedia? Uh, it's not an old racetrack or it is or what? All right. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this since we're so professional. End of the year. I want to share my screen with you. Share the screen. Cool. Here we go. All Let's right. See. Take a look here. You, it is Pinch out for a bigger view. Let's see it here. President of Raceway. Oh, Raceway. Race campaign. There okay. you go. Yeah. Okay. So it was the same place. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, it was an interesting place to be, especially experience. It was my first concert since the pandemic. Right. You know, that was that was it for uh so the, the experience, seeing concert oh, mask. Oh, by, by the way, God. by the way, one for the book. You got to remind me about Phil Mickelson. Phil? Sorry. Okay. All right. If I don't remember, what are my listeners? We have to talk about it. Okay. It's a good story. Okay. There's always a lot, a lot of those where it's not yeah. necessarily this like a hundred page chapter, but it's like this story you yeah. got to put in there. It's it's. It's it, great. It's a great story. Oh yeah. God! I keep so. teasing it, and the people are like, "I want to read it already." It takes time. I'm sorry. It takes time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we went to, to Baltimore, uh, excuse me, Hershey Park, which was an experience. You know, again, yeah. this is my first concert, uh, many people's first concert since COVID. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, we did. That's when I started doing concert reviews. So that's something we're going to continue in the new year, assuming right. concerts are continuing right. somewhat. But So I've gotten offers from uh, listeners from the U.K. or from Scotland or Australia. Cool. So wherever they tour... No, that was yeah. the first time. And it was also, again, very cool to experience that with my fiance. Uh, sure. Who, and we at this time, I had to explain to her, well, we'll t- you'll think about what you want your answer to be. I'm like, they might play a new song. We don't know what it's going to be. And we, we, we were thinking it was going to be, I think at that time we were, we were thinking it was going to be absurd. We didn't know what absurd was, right? So maybe that's kind of the thing. They didn't play it. If you want to go back and read, uh, watch the review, listen to the review, you know, we talk about how Axel looked like he was having technical problems. You know, right? I remember you saying that. And, and yeah. you know, looking angrily off the stage, but like a pro, this time didn't didn't quit, didn't throw a t- you know, Good. you know, Good. was battled through. Uh, and we'll talk Good. about your opinion of the uh, this tour compared to the, the, some of the ones that you've worked on. I don't know if there are comparisons. But do you? Uh... Yeah, yeah. There, you know, there are comparisons. Okay. Um, uh, seeing Axel smile um, leads me to believe that he's worked on himself differently than when I was working with him. Uh, he wasn't really having any fun when we toured. None, zero. Um, and it kind of manifested in you know the ways that it did during the the tours that I worked with him. But, um, but now I see him and it's in a completely different light and, uh, and it makes me happy. You know, it makes my heart feel good. I love the guy, as, as you know, Brandon, I always will. Um, you know, he was my little brother for all intents and purposes. Um, and so to see him actually having a good time is something that he cares a lot about. Um, I think it's great. Uh, and you know what, we should actually uh, mention Ron Anderson um, and his passing. Um, it's affected the lives of uh, many people in our industry. Um, Ron was Axel's vocal coach for, gosh, I think he was hired before I was. Um, and I was hired, as you know, in 87. Um, I knew Ron from working with uh, Russell Hitchcock of Air Supply. Um, and Ron uh, was with Chris Cornell 
and the uh, Avenged Sevenfold guys and uh, The Weeknd and on and on and on and on and on. And um, he just passed natural causes uh, at age 70, I think, two or five, somewhere in there. But um, just a wonderful, wonderful man. I mean, he used to sing himself in front of kings and queens all over the world um, as an operatic singer. Uh, but just a wonderful, wonderful man. And I know that Axel is, uh, is uh, sad about his passing, uh, as am I. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. I know you, um, and I appreciate that, because I, maybe I guess I want to ask a little bit more about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I know you, you posted something on Facebook, Axel tweeted something. I guess yeah. how would that work with a vocal coach? Does he ju- does he come and they go into their own little, like, a, a room? Like, are you... Th- I mean, are you there? Is it just them? Like, how does that work? With- no, yeah. Um, he would work with Axel privately in Axel's room prior to. So he would do the vocal warm-ups with him, right? Um, he built Axel's vocal tape, which is what he, you know, for the times that he's not there. But he would come out uh, on tour with us quite often on Use Your Illusion, quite often. I don't know about the, uh, the Not In This Lifetime, but. I just, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have that information. Right. But I, I do know, um, I called him at the beginning of the reunion tour and I just said, how's he doing? Right. And he said, Doug, honestly, God, he's singing better than he ever has. Um, so, um, and I do, I also had heard that they had reached out to have him. I heard through his assistant, Pipe Perez, uh, um, that, uh, that Betta had reached out asking, saying Axel would like him to come visit. And, Ron was in ill health, and that's when Axel kind of found out that he was in ill health. Um, he couldn't travel anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing's really sad. He's just a good, 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 good guy. Best hugs. He literally gives the best hugs of any person I'd ever met in my life. Yeah, it was it was something to see the amount of people that because yeah, he may not be the marquee name that you know about if you're the average rock fan and. Doing yeah. this podcast, I heard the name. I believe he did work on the Axel DC tour, you know, the ACDC with Axel. He did. Yeah, right. he did. Okay, yeah. so, so you hear things like that, but then you mentioned The weekend and just the list. It's like he was the oh, guy. Just wow. The guy, yeah. Yeah, there's a guy named Seth Riggs, and Seth is famous because he worked with Michael Jackson. And so sure. people so Seth's the greatest vocal coach. And eh, not if you really look at the body of work. If you look at the body of work, then, then Ron Anderson is the greatest vocal coach ever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you beat the speaking. You know, I'm not going to call that Wikipedia page right now. But if you look up that resume, right. it's you can't beat it. It is ridiculous. Oh, dude, it's, yeah, it's crazy huge. Yeah, crazy. Um, Taylor Swift, even Tom Cruise, my, my buddy, my buddy Tom Cruise that I hate. That's that's even working Tom Cruise. What Tom Cruise singing? What? Oh, you know what? I know one that's great. What's that? Um, when when Clinton was running for the second term. I don't, there's some people that may remember this a, a long time ago, right? But he was on a uh, trip um, on a train, stopping at locations throughout the country, and he blew out his pipes. And so Ron was the guy who went out and traveled with Clinton <laughs> on that campaign. I mean, does it get any better than that? I mean, <laughs> I would. Wow. You know, I w- the thing that, yeah. Hi, call wow. Him, hi, calling from the office of the president. <laughs> I yeah. thought you were going to be like, it's some unreleased Bill Clinton sax album or something. But no, just to speak, yeah, right. it, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, you did say, you said Bill Clinton and sax in the same line. Yeah. I believe, <laughs> I believe in premarital sax. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as you mentioned, seeing Axel smile, that was the big takeaway from it. Even during those 
which I get. We all get those frustrating moments when something doesn't go right. And so I don't even blame. It's just kind of a, uh, calling play by play. It's not even criticizing anyone for that. And right. if anything, I just feel maybe that delayed us hearing a new song for the first time. So when Absurd debuted, uh, I believe at Fenway Park, which I w- would love to have gone to Fenway Pack, but I, as a Yankee fan, I still feel like they would yeah. smell me out and just throw yeah, me traitor, out. Yeah, traitor, traitor, <laughs> traitor. So, so then let me ask, uh, you knew of S- Silkworms. Uh, that was during your time still, yeah? Yeah. So what did you think? Because that was obviously a very different song. Um, I don't need to go over my my thought because I have already my thoughts about it. I only heard the live version and maybe the recorded version, the leaked version once, and now it became absurd. With uh, and you saw that name on a leaked set list. Who's leaking these things? I don't know. Um, Doug doesn't know either. Oh, it's Rick Dunsford again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's that, my buddy Rick. <laughs> that was one of the episodes we did this year. If you want to watch, it was. I don't know if we want to go there. So Rick and I, we did an episode called "Don't Don't Ban Me," like "Don't Damn Me," but "Don't Ban Me." How about, how about you need to do a follow up called "Don't Beat Me, Geo"? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's that's a whole other. Yeah, that's all other fiasco. Yeah. Uh, so what did you know of Silkworms, and when did you hear Absurd? And if you want to share an opinion on it. You know, were you? Well, you know, I mean, my only opinion is, as a fan, um, I would want to hear brand new music by Axel Slash and Duff, not something that had been released before. And Duff and Slash contributed parts. I mean, um, you're asking people to spend a lot of money to come see your live show. Um, give them something new, man. <laughs> How hard is it, right, to get everybody together in a studio and and create new music? I mean, I, look, Slash and Duff and Axel are great songwriters. Um, if you got to bring Izzy back, right? I mean, everybody thinks that Izzy is the great songwriter. I mean, I have a different opinion. I think they all write great songs. But um, you know, I mean, whatever it takes. Um, I just think when you're charging the astronomical sums of money that they are charging uh, for tickets. Um, give somebody, I mean, give the fans something new. I mean, that, that's my opinion. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's, uh, hard school and absurd were really songs that are kind of Chinese, well, not kind of, uh, very Chinese democracy, uh, as opposed to appetite or user illusion. Uh, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying as an original appetite, user illusion fan, um, I'm, pining for uh, music that's uh, more closely aligned with what they had done in their kind of earlier stuff. So then, I guess, again, in your opinion, which oh, it's going to put both of us in, in their Just good grades. Just an opinion. It's going gonna, it's gonna to reflect to them, whatever. I, I, I'm already in their doghouse. You're in their do- – I don't know. It's just yeah. – uh, I've, I've tried to reach out and show – Listen to all the episodes of Mental Health, Team Brazil. You know I'm a good person. I just ask these questions because that's what I do. Uh, so what do you well, – I guess what's your thought on – you know, Axel, when I was there, when he's like, this song is going to be released at midnight streaming, and then there's no real pre- – there's no press release. I got a – There was no press release with their – I mean, you've, I've told you already. There's no, no press release. Uh, well, there was a press release, but it was a paragraph long on the announcement of the reunion. I mean, I, I'm 
I'm aghast at something like that. You build a huge campaign around it. And it's, it's funny. I actually had a dream last night. I just remembered I had a dream last night that uh, that uh, I walked in through these cubicles in some office space, and there was Betta, and she was looking at me, and she was all pissed off. <laughs> and I said, "And I said, what, what's wrong? Why are you mad at me?" And she said, "You know exactly why I'm mad at you." And I said, what? And she said, you never should have said anything without checking with me first. And I was like, shit, I'm sorry, right? Are you sure this was and a dream? So, I don't know if that was precursor knowing that I was going to talk to you today. Oh. But yeah, I literally had that dream. And I don't dream. I, I don't dream. If I do, I don't remember. But, but I it mean, was really kind of funny that, uh, that was funny. Uh, you know, in retrospect. Yeah. I've had those nightmares St. too. But St. Louis, just... St. Louis, St. Louis. <laughs> St. Louis, St. Louis. Who's underneath your hat, by the way? Who's underneath your hat, by the way, on the brim? Uh, Arredondo. Yeah. Who was um, it? It was uh, it was uh, uh, our Arenado. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Jake. Ar- the cards. Jake Arenado. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he used to play for the. I, I remember him as a Cub for some reason. Oh, okay. And the yeah, beard. Yeah. Well, he's big cards guy now. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, okay. We don't. Need- this is for me. This is for me and Fortis. Fortis lives there, and I used to. So. Well, <laughs> I guess that's a good segue because Fortis just did an interview. Where and I'll have to mention another slash interview and these again year in review wrap up so these are twenty twenty one relevant. <laughs> they were uh, they're asked about new music. Fortis just basically gives like I don't even know like you know whatever like he's talking like he does, there's no there's nothing of substance again nothing and I don't blame the guy when I interviewed him a few years ago you know I I knew to not ask those questions and it, it felt like I was even when I asked about touring or his favorite song it felt like i was walking on landmines kind of uh well but, you, you gotta re, you gotta realize i mean richard's been there longer than slash and duff um, and is he but, but like, oh absolutely but i guess over the, 20 years uh, they, he's been with Nashville over 20 years and and i guess and same thing with dizzy's thing with him that long that, that that's why they, they don't say a lot that's right so yep. when slash came out and some of my I remember Matt Wake being like Brandon I never see you this angry but when Slash came out in an interview I forget what he was promoting because he still promotes stuff uh, oh, yeah, that yeah. he's like we have still yet to be in a room together to work on new music like he has some of this old stuff that we're adding parts to which we all knew and I'm like you've been together for five years and you right, haven't been exactly. in a room together yeah. like that so well, yeah, it's, I it's, it's funny you say that because um, while we were on the road with Use Your Illusion, everybody had the ability to record in their own room, DAT machines and, you know, and re, I mean, recording equipment. Um, you know, we wheel in all of this kind of mobile studio stuff into their rooms and they would write. Um, and, uh, you know, that being said, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened to all that stuff because obviously Use Your Illusion was already out. But, um um, but yeah, all of them were working on different stuff while we were on the road. So, Everybody. I mean, well, Slash, Duff, and, and Axel were. So it lends itself to, you know, Axel's in a good place. He's smiling and the tour is yeah. going well. And, and Slash has yeah. said this, you know, they didn't expect this to go past their first few shows. Yeah. I mean, do you have an, a theory, an opinion? Again, you know, much to the dismay of, of expressing that opinion to some people. But about why they haven't gotten into a room over these, especially with COVID you think with, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any opinion about it. I don't, you know, um, I don't know why, um, uh, again, as from a manager's perspective, um, I certainly would have brought it up. Um, 
just like I did with, uh, you know, T-shirts. Um, you know, we're not going to be going for the very best deal every time because, you know, the T-shirt prices are going up and the the stock of the T-shirts are going to crap and they're not going to last forever. And I mean, it's, you know, you as a manager, you have a responsibility to tell the band what's in their best interest. Um, and, you know, 95% of the time they get it and they understand and they go with it. And 5% of the time, maybe they don't, but usually they do. Um, and I just, you know, I don't want to, gosh, you know, I always end up going back to Team Brazil, but the fact is I could not get the band back together. They have, right? And so I have to give that caveat always. Uh, Fernando and Beto were able to do something that I was un unable to do. Um, so I give them accolades for that. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned to Beta um, uh, ages ago that I would do it for free. I would come in as a consultant and help for free. Um, and I was very serious about that. I still am, um, you know, because they just, God bless them, but they just don't know certain things to do as management. Um, and it's not their fault. They've never managed a band before. Um, you know, getting a guy to the stage is that's one thing. Um, getting them all together is another thing. Um, but you have a responsibility to the band to tell them what's in their best interest to do. Um, and I don't think that's done. And I think it's not done for fear of things imploding. Um, you know, they're afraid to hear, you know, why did you bring that up? F you or whatever, whatever the case. I just think, you know, Keep it on the tracks. Keep it on the rails. Everybody's making a ton of money right. yeah. in the stadiums. And so don't upset the apple cart. And that's really what I see. So, And I agree with that, too. And I certainly, and I've said before, I couldn't manage Guns N' Roses. I mean, I couldn't do that. I mean, I have enough stress and anxiety in my, my normal life to take that on. I mean, I, I it's some, a, a task I couldn't even be, begin to even grasp. So that's, you know, I'm not taking well, away. It's, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny, Brando, my uh, my current boss, he was saying the other day, you know, you need a work-life balance, Doug. I mean, you know, otherwise you're going to burn out. And I'm thinking, does he know what I did for a living? All right. Like, That's so funny. The ability to compartmentalize is something that I figured out years. I mean, when I was, you know, eight years old or something like that. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, and this is not stress, what I'm currently doing. <laughs> yeah. I, again, stuff that will people will read later on you know but a lot and a lot of stuff you've already said in the podcast but yeah to, to yeah. imagine just think about it, being the manager during the user illusion tour do you really need to, to specify anything else right. you know that's no. exactly so i just always want to stress that where i, I question what they may do is i'm not saying i could do a better job i don't know it's just hoping maybe in 2021 we know we're getting uh that hard school ep with absurd and hard school on it and a couple of live tracks and it's nice, you know, but again, the communication yeah. factor, I think, a lot is, yeah. is lost. So it's, it's, uh, that bothers some folk. But, um, I, and I will get to some positive stuff. I don't want this to be all, all negative, but I guess that we're, while we're on the. All right. And, and, and like I said, and again, you know what? God bless Beta and, and Fernando because they were able to put them back together. Yeah. Um, that's something I couldn't do. So, you know what? There's positives and negatives. I just think that I would have worked really well in tandem with Ben and Fernando um, in the best interest of the band. Um, you know, I think that there's uh, some issues that um, that exist between particularly Slash and myself um, that wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, well, hopefully you know. uh, the book 
clears up some stuff. We'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Famous it'll, last words. It'll make it either better or worse, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. Uh, but also, it's, let, me, let me share the screen again and get your expertise opinion on this. Okay. Um, I am on my phone, so I... <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, you, you brought it up earlier, and you see my entire desktop. Uh, the Guns N' Roses tour, as they, oh, they, they, they had a reschedule in, Ari in Arizona, in Australia. And mm -hmm. I think NME first broke the story. And yeah. so uh, kind of explain it to me that they were able to receive like basically $600,000. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just them. There were other large organizations. Explain this to me because it's not like Axel's pocketing the money. I mean, like, what does this mean? I, I, I don't know. No, but it's um, there are deferring costs that that have already been taken on by Guns N' Roses um, and by using monies that were originally for Australian artists. And I think that's why the Australian artists were pissed off about it. Basically, um, Australia and uh, and Canada in particular, those are the ones that really come to mind off the top of my head. Um, they have these art funds or, you know, where they give money to um, local um, art. Uh, and certainly music is listed amongst the arts, of course. Um, and so, um, you know, there's large sums of money. And, uh, and, and in Canada, I love how it works because you have to be a Canadian citizen to receive any of that. In this situation, um, it's uh, anyone who, uh, who is playing in that particular country has access to those funds. I just think, you know what, you're talking about a band that made a billion dollars on the Not In This Lifetime tour, and for them to actually take that money on, I don't know, man. It's, okay. You know, I'd have had a really hard time um, as the manager letting that happen. Uh, um, you know, but no, I, look, I was very different. You know, whenever we'd have something happen, um, like a riot, um, I would pay all the vendors for their lost time and their lost gear. And I would pay the salaries of the employees for, and, and, but I always went to the band with it and just said, you know, I don't think this is anybody else's fault. I think this is something we should do. And they always agreed. Um, and in this situation, I, I'm, I'm certain I would have gone back to them and just said the same thing. You know what? This this fund is meant for um, starving artists in Australia, and I don't know that it's really fair of us to, to take this on. Um, but you know, that was my that was my uh, first um, reaction when I saw that. Okay, because um, I I do my best not to read you know read into salacious headlines, many of which I somehow create, no fault of my own. But so I don't I didn't know the amount of cost of them having to cancel and reschedule and yes axel and, and i just i don't want to just say his axel but the band made so much money over this reunion tour and is that cost worthy to go back into that use their savings i guess they can do that it's not like they're, it's, they're all well, going to be on the, well, on the more street more, more importantly i don't see how there's any way shape or form they could have spent six hundred thousand dollars the band's money um at this point in time so i don't understand the rescheduling uh, amount of $600,000, how that was justifiable. Um, you know, there's not, I mean, look, if you cancel hotel rooms and flights, you redo them, right? Cause they are going back at some point. Right. So there was, there wasn't any, 
you know, losing um, losing uh, money uh, that I can see. Not like uh, sponsors losing I money, you know, I that they some creative accountant working on behalf of the band. Okay. Um, who, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, they didn't send their production there to the best of my knowledge. And even if they did, it wouldn't have been $600,000 to get their production there and back. And it would never be uh, like, uh, you know, like sponsors saying we were banking on this happening. We were banking on Guns N' Roses going to be here uh, in Australia that our businesses were. They rescheduled? Yeah, so they're going to make it up anyway. Basically. Yeah. Well, no, but more importantly, they have, I mean, they have a longer time period as a sponsor sure. to advertise okay. sponsorship. Just trying so, to think I out. Mean, they're, they're not being hurt whatsoever. Okay. They're actually gaining um, from the reschedule. Okay. All right, just trying try to think outside the box because and, and just, sure, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it upset a lot of people and a, a lot of Australian artists. So you just you're curious. I don't want to just jump on the bandwagon and be unlike bad, but it, it, it makes you go hmm, as uh, that quote used to go. Things that make you go hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah yeah. I mean that's enough on that. <laughs> so I obviously did not go on uh, quote unquote tour as long as you did, but this was my lo- longest Guns and Roses tour. Uh, this year as I went to three shows. Uh, first one in Hershey Park, as we mentioned. Uh, then kind of near my home base in New Jersey. And the last one was in Baltimore. And that's when they debuted uh, Hard School live. So, yeah, do you remember? I don't know if you mentioned before. You know, I know you, you knew of Silkworms. And do you remember what Hard School was? And I, I spoke to Josh Freeze about it because maybe he was on it. He doesn't recall that song. So was there, did, yeah. it, did it sound familiar to you at all? Yeah, the song sounded familiar. I just don't remember what it was. Okay. But yeah, the song sounded familiar. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I had heard all the stuff on Chinese, right? It just, I don't remember what that, what the working title was on that one. Because I think that was rumored to be, if I can think back to the, uh, the rumors of what could have been on that Jackie Chan movie. Because there was mm. a... There, around there, there was a, an interview with Duff. He was on Howard Stern, and you know Howard's like, "What the fuck's Axel doing? Get the band back together." <laughs> They're on some break, and he's like, "Oh, we're working on a song right now for our Jackie Chan movie." And there was a Jackie Chan uh, song well, leak there was, title. There was a song called Jackie Chan, right? One of the, one of the song leaks, but not uh, an official release, right? Which also, right. again, do, do you like that idea of? You know, hey, which I kind of did. Axel's like, hey, midnight. This song is going to be released on 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 streaming services. I kind of like that. I just came out of nowhere, or or is that like? Uh, I'd like it a lot better if it was new material. Okay, <laughs> fair. Yeah. Okay. We all you do. Know, I am. Uh, hey, we're releasing uh, "Welcome to the Jungle" at midnight. What? We already know it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you know, or we're really. I mean, you know. We're releasing something off of Duff's solo record. Dude, what? I mean, yeah, but Axel sang on it and Slash played on it. What? What? I know. Or something of Flashes, right? Taking something off of his first release and Axel singing. And, I mean, dude, no. No, sorry. Uh-uh. Give I guess, him something new, man. I guess, I'm de- I guess I'm desperate. I just want something new. I don't know. Yeah. I'm one of those. Maybe uh, that's what they're counting on as well. Give me more, more, sir, please. I, That's right. Just a, <laughs> just a wafer thin mint. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, this is still, uh, you know, all these fun things we can talk about because at the end of the day, no one's losing their lives. This isn't like, you know, government yeah. funded. And I feel, and this I feel like I'm bashing and I don't need to bash. It's just, you know, it, it's, uh, 
if asked the question, I, you know, I vocalize my opinion, as you know, it's just, you know. And we got to talk about I'm it. Just, Otherwise, what are we doing? We, we talk enough off the air about other things. This is like, yeah, true. and we got to look back in the year review where Guns N' Roses, for the, for lack of a better word, released new music for the first time in, mm-hmm. since Chinese democracy. Although I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if Rock the Rock counts, the song that Axel sang for Looney Tunes. Did I ever yeah, talk no. to you about that, by the way? Did you see Axe on Looney Tunes and Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> That's it? Should I just leave it at that? Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, too. I liked it, but okay, fine. All right. So, uh, oh, that's great. So that happened, obviously. Uh, I think Scooby-Doo happened this year. Uh, so that's another thing. So there was a lot of things that happened. Again, the fun three shows. It was meeting fans. Uh, again, shout out to Jade Trucker, who let me I did a, I stayed in an Airbnb uh, just because of uh, he was a listener of the podcast, and that's it. Cool. Uh, other fans were wanting to meet up, and again, if you know, if I had the funds, I would have went to even more than three shows. I yeah. I can't believe my fiance was like, "Yeah, let's go to another one." So mm-hmm. she, you know, she's always go down to go to a, a concert. So right as we look forward to next year, yeah, w- those rescheduled Aussie dates, I would love to have my uh, my Aust- well figure out a good time zone for me to interview you guys, or uh, you know. Usually yeah, my, right. my, my night's there morning, so uh, we'll have a, yeah. a good fun with my Aussie mates. Uh, yeah. Um, Jason Burke, that's who you want to interview. Yeah, Jason that, Burke. Jason Burke yeah. is one of the, the names He's that I – yeah, yeah, one of the many names that sticks out because I never would have yeah. believed it. Uh, there are – I wish I could read off a bunch of names. Maybe I should have – If I again, if I had a producer, I would have had like a list of names or comments from the show has received right. this year to read that's off. That's right, yeah. But there's a strong listening base in Australia. I never would have thought. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Guns N' Roses yeah. podcast. Guns N' Roses, yes, of course. Why would you not have a big fan base? But for Wow, well, I mean, the band. Yeah, the band was puking huge in Australia. Yeah. But Still for, are. But again, for the, huge. for the podcast, again, to keep continuing into a new year to have yeah. listeners all over the world is, is pretty uh, amazing to me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything I guess you want to say about – because a lot of my focus has – has been on the book this year it really has there i've let a lot of interviews oddly enough come to me which is very strange dave navarro kind of came not him specifically but that opportunity came to me so because i've been focusing yeah it's a priority i'm not just saying that i I say that's you on and off the air doug it's a priority it's a priority so is there anything you want to say about the experience or things that we can look forward to or I don't know. Like, what should we talk about? People want to know, like, an update. Oh. <laughs> what with the book? Yeah, with with like, is there anything we we could talk about? We should talk about, or just any I don't sort. Oh man, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, what we can do. We can talk about how close we are. We're pretty. I think we're closer than just saying sometime next year. I mean, you know. I know. I mean, uh, That's just me being uh, underselling yeah, myself, yeah. as I as right. you know, I I normally do. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm a firm believer that if I tell you to see Pulp Fiction 20 times, by the time you see it, you're going to go, what a disappointment. Because I, I, you know, well, I talked about it. I talked about it too much. I know. I'll, I'll do this as a, as a fun, uh, just a, I mean, may not be a fun visual, but we'll see. And again, uh, another thing I focused on a lot this year was YouTube, because apparently you can make some money off YouTube, as people do, which I don't. But you could see 165 pages. That's what we have transcribed. Oh, there's some of Doug's words. Oh, we don't want to say it. We don't want to see it yet. <laughs> but this is 165 pages that I've put at, in our Zoom conversations yeah. into one 
you know, and it's my it's one word folder. And it's my job to shape it and organize it. And uh, we're gonna have another recorded conversation. I'm gonna have to transcribe after we're done with this episode. This so there's still a yeah. lot of work to be done, and also that work includes you, which we have. If you send an email to the AFD show at gmail.com, a question to Doug about the book, we're probably going to get it in the book because sometimes you may ask yeah. a question that we're already going to address. Uh, but if it's kind of like a random one-off question, I think that's a great opportunity to get your name into a Guns N' Roses book, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. Send them in, gang. We'll answer them all. <laughs> so I'm hoping – so what's to come, I guess, for next year with Guns N' Roses? Obviously, we never know. Um, right. we, we know that hard school EP and then something that we would need to understand. And maybe you have a thought about this. Uh, people are like, it's not coming out until like spring sometime, but that's not a typical Guns N' Roses delay. There's like a manufacturing delay, especially okay. with vinyl. And apparently like uh, Adele delayed it even more because she had like 500,000 of her albums put on vinyl because people are buying oh, wow. Adele vinyls. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's why that's delayed. But, GNR is supposed to tour again. They're putting out Mexico dates, festival dates. So I can't believe this this thing keeps keeps going. And uh, I know, I guess our plan is, I, I have a job, I have, I don't know if I could do it, but is to do a book tour along with their tour, which they would really appreciate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's be like, certainly the goal. Be like hey, a, let me ask you a question. Sure. What, were the, what were the COVID protocols for the GNR dates? So... They were apparently very, very strict, like legit, where I think Melissa or did say that in a recent interview and, you know, people couldn't go backstage. I know uh, Ricky Rackman was kind of, I don't want to say complaining about it, was saying that I can't go backstage or there were other people like Sebastian Bach, I can't go backstage. And however, what was interesting was there was a picture with Axel and this fan, you know, an attractive girl. She, he wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, but I got to imagine there were protocols beforehand, but she was the one that, that put out the story that hard school was going to be dropped soon. And it turned out to be oh, wow. tr- turned out to be right. And there was a lot wow. of fans, people like saying, you know, you're a liar. This I, Fans are, are insane uh, sometimes. Yeah, so, don't I know. But yeah. of all intents and purposes, like when I interviewed uh, the Velvets, so it's another episode that happened this year, uh, the Velveteers uh, from Colorado which I finally visited this year, by the way. So when uh, Mammoth, uh, WVH, when somebody in their tour group got COVID or was exposed to, not not uh, Wolfgang, but somebody in their group, and they were off for maybe a show or two, they brought in the Velveteers. And on that episode, during that interview, they said how strict the COVID tests were and the protocol. And they were- that, that, that speaks to the band, but what about the fans? Were they tested? You have to have a so, negative test to come in. Any of that, like the Stones were doing? No, the the shows I went to, I mean, they were metal detectors. Uh, <laughs> there was definitely one in Hershey Park. Uh, they were very. Sorry, did you say mental? Oh, okay. detectors. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know if I would have passed metal detectors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say how did how'd you get in? I, I know exactly, but there weren't a lot yeah. of people in Hershey Park wearing masks. There were more in Jersey, some in Baltimore, so they were better. Uh, but not, I mean, the rules have changed since through, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, Optimus Prime, Omicron, and you know, whatever it's, it's called at this point. Well, like in New York, you can't, like, I to see Ghostbusters in a movie theater, I had to wear a mask. So that's how it is now. Which, yeah. Well, see, Jake, my son, we've, you know, right, has the band Honey. And 
every one of their shows, you had to show a negative test within the past 72 hours or proof of vaccination or you didn't come in. And that's exactly what the Stones were doing. I just wondered if they were doing the same thing. The Foo, right. or not. The Foo Fighters did. They even canceled some dates that the, where the venue would not comply. Guns N' Roses oh, wow. did not. I don't think they think that was up to you. Okay. They would they would have a protocol, masks, dis, mm-hmm. you know, distancing, which obviously were were not very enforced. Um, right. Okay. But they I, were. I was, I was just wondering. You know, I, I don't want to come down on them. I was just wondering what their what their stance was. So. Sure. I mean, I, I guess they they played both sides. We're not trying because it, it obviously did upset a lot of fans because that's a whole other conversation about, you know, masks and other things that we don't need to get into. But, right. you know, who knows what they do for this coming year? They may they may up it because, again, their their backstage was very, very strict. And it was interesting that, you know, he said it was food poisoning. So the Axel got sick. I think it was in Fenway Park. That he said he threw up. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Melissa Reese also said she got sick. But they mm-hmm. battled through shows. I mean, they, they absolutely right. battled through, and I, my hat's off, off to them to, for doing absolutely. that. So I don't think it was, I don't, you know, I don't think they were hiding that they had COVID. It would have been something more publicized right. or serious than that. Yeah, sure. yeah. But yeah. they were one of the very few bands to make it through 2021 successfully, right? Absolutely. Yep. So that's, imagine that. I'm talking to the uh, the former manager of Guns N' Roses from the Use Your Illusion Tour. Canceled dates, riots, last shows. Here we are in 2021. Guns N' Roses, the only band to successfully complete a tour. No issues. Yeah, with, no can- with no canceled dates? Or- <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. In, a, in an alternative universe. <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, again, next year. I do hope. I have to get a passport. Uh, I, my goal is to see a show in another country. Not right. uh, not counting Canada. I've seen a show in Canada already. Right. Uh, because I know, we, especially talking to you about the book, all the shows you've seen around the world, and yeah. things that you've talked about that you've missed out on because you were so focused on your job. Uh, oh, are you kidding? Yeah. I could have been in I could have been in Greece or Georgia and not known the difference. I know. I mean, my my role was just focused, crazy, laser, just, yeah, laser focused. So, yeah. But so I'll, yeah. I'm doing my best to enjoy it again. And with the podcast, we'll see what's to come. I, I'm really trying to make the the priority of the book, you know, in addition to, you know, paying my bills with my regular radio job and preparing sure. to get married in, in, in June. Uh, yeah. By the way, buddy. I'll put it out there. Maybe, Doug, you know somebody. If anybody knows a Guns N' Roses cover band that is also a Dave Matthews cover band, we would look into hiring Wow. Them. Wow. Okay. All right. So. Okay. All right. I'll get on the look for that. And yeah. what's funny, she made uh, the hashtag... Um, GNR love DMB <laughs> for when it happened. <laughs> you know, you always have to do a hashtag. So yeah, Guns N' Roses. So is they got to do. They got to do. Welcome to Jungle and Blood in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So we'll see. Okay. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a GNR ba- a cover band out there that will learn Trippin' Billies or something like that for us. And right there you go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And as far as guests, I don't know. I'm hoping to get your old buddy uh, Matt Sorum back on the show because he was supposed to come on in September about his book but that got delayed yeah. so that's that's been an interesting thing I know you have a lot okay, to Matt, uh, watching who Matt Storm has become is one of the greatest things it's like watching who Duff's become you know and Axel I mean Slash I just don't have enough information on but but Matt you know watching um, how 
I don't know, just uh, socially aware and responsible he is at this point in his life. And, and that's even before fatherhood. And I'm so happy for him, uh, you know, having a child and a healthy, you know, healthy wife, healthy uh, baby. Um, you know, I just think he's going to be the, the, just the best father. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I would love to see Matt on your show. He's just, he has so much um, uh, insight, um, you know, on uh, life and living. Uh, he does. So you know, he's, he's, he's really, uh, what, a, what an interesting uh, metamorphosis of a human being. Um, just, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, wasn't necessarily my experience on the tour. Um, you know, we certainly, him and I went round and round, but, uh, I love Matt and I'm just really happy for him as a human being. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. And when I did, it was at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. when I first came, I had to work from my apartment. I really didn't have much of a setup and I interviewed Matt over speakerphone and recorded that into my laptop. So obviously very shitty quality. I think that was, right. I, I did an interview with you like that, but I was having fun with the atmosphere, you know, feel, feel my quarantine, right. you know, kind yeah, of thing. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I hope to speak with him on the, you know, zoom, like we're doing right now. And especially yeah. cause it gave me a lot of ideas for our book, your book, uh, you know, cause I was able to read a version of his book. I don't know. It'll, right. it'll be the, one that eventually comes out, but it was the PDF one of, you know, this is get prepared for your interview. And I, I hadn't read, honestly, I'm not a huge reader. As I've said, I usually like for interviews, I read like a, you know, a couple of chapters just to get the gist, but right. I read the whole thing and, uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting, but ours, yeah. ours will be great. It'll ours will be great. That's right. So, uh, so I, yeah, Matt Sorum to come. We'll, we'll see, though, the best way, as I've always mentioned, to keep in contact with the podcast in between the broadcasts. Uh, for one, send us an email, not just a, a question for Doug, but the AFD show at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, something else that happened uh, in 2021, my Twitter was suspended for sharing my own video of Absurd. You know, at the concert, one of the concerts <laughs> I went to. So I'm hoping to get my Twitter follow. It's, we're halfway back. We're halfway back to where we were. So that, that's how the that's how you can be part of episodes. As you, you can be a part of the broadcast because um, it's it's your the show. Machines squashed you. The machines the squashed mach- you. <laughs> ah, well, I knew better. I knew I poked the bear. That's yeah. that was my own fault. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So one thing I will say is uh, I don't know what's going on uh, in this. Uh, I don't know what's going on. But um, uh, I've worked on every single release that the band's ever done. Every single video, uh, album, you name it. And, uh, and I've been told by the uh, company that makes the Golden Platinum Records that, uh, um, and I'm supposed to be able to get any of those things for the rest of my life, right? Uh, and now I'm being told that that's being challenged. They won't tell me who by. Um, but, uh, it's either the label or management. And so that's <sighs> kind of, uh, it hurts my heart a little bit, you know? Well, it's, uh, I'm hoping that happens too, because it's hurt my heart too, but some decisions made by management because it, I did not start this Guns N' Roses podcast five years ago, or whatever, to one day hope to, you know, this is my path to interview Duff McKagan or Slash. This was a happy accident that I started with my buddy, Ian. Uh, and along with my my radio career, that it's just somehow manifested itself to this year working on Doug Goldstein's book. Uh, I I met your 
I met your friend uh, Alan Niven this past summer, and his fr- oh, yeah. uh, you know we, he bought me lunch. <laughs> that that was a special. I told you that story where if you if you missed it, so yeah, along that trip where we went to uh, my fiance and I to Colorado and Utah, we stopped in Arizona or Phoenix, and I hit up Alan, and I mean I don't I don't know how I've befriended you and, and Alan, and it's just I'm just myself. I don't go out of my way to get into people's lives or to get anything from you so alan's like yeah just drive up to prescott you know yeah and i had never been in arizona before and i had no idea how much the terrain was just not beautiful oh it's beautiful but it's also not good for my stomach so (laughs) did i tell you this story no. Uh, okay, so if you, I mean, you'll laugh at it, you know, uh, hopefully, whoever hadn't, you'll laugh at my expense. So I wasn't driving. Uh, my fiance's sister was driving. Uh, okay. I mean, for the most part, if you're with a rented car, that's something else. As a handicapped person, something else, you know, as I, I get to stand up for handicapped people too at times when it presents itself. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they don't have handicapped cars readily available. It's usually just like, right. a, like a hand grip and, and stuff, uh, uh, chains hooked up to the brakes and the gas. So if you push down for for brake and pull up for gas, right. it's like a, there's a shift next to where the directionals are. If any of that makes sense, but that's yeah, sure. but it costs. I don't know. Like, yeah. It costs a few hundred dollars. So yeah, rent, rent wow. car places don't want to do it. So I, it was not even my option to drive. So and, and Shauna, it, it's not even just that like Arizona is beautiful. She wants to go on the most scenic route, and the Uh-oh. most and the most scenic route is obviously off road. So yeah, we're just right. going like, like this windy road, like we're going up to The Shining. <laughs> and I swear, like every ten minutes, I'm like, we got to pull over. Oh no! Once, really? one time, I opened the door, I threw up all of my shoes. <laughs> I, it was just, it was so. I'm in the back, and I was like, oh my she's like, gosh. They're all like, well, that's <laughs> another problem. You shouldn't have been in the back. Well, I, they move. If your car sick, if your car sick, you sit in the front. I learned. I learned that. I did learn that after. Yeah. I also taking Dramamine yeah. was something else that I did the rest of the trip there you as go. well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and they all knew why we were going out of our way to Prescott. You know, right. your Guns N' Roses friend. You know, whatever. That's right. They didn't know. Yeah. So we uh, we drive up there, and I, again, I'm throwing up every ten minutes. Finally, get there. We're late. You know, Alan's like, I'm letting Alan know I'm not feeling well. He's like, All right, you know, all right, mate, and whatever his accent is, he's with yeah. his wife. And he picked out a place for us to meet. We get to the uh, parking lot, and my head's still. I felt like I'm drunk, and I haven't drank in six years. I felt like I'm, my head's spinning. And I'm like, all right, let me just uh, get in there, go to the bathroom, sit down. I didn't even make it to the front door. I I didn't want to throw up for whatever reason. I was like near the handicap parking, obviously. I didn't want to park like on the car, so I did it like between the two spaces. <laughs> but that made it ripe in the vi- the, the view of whoever was sitting yeah. in the window. Who, yeah, right. Which yeah. was Alan and his wife. <laughs> so so next thing I know, I feel a hand rubbing my back, and it wasn't my fiance. It was Alan Niven. And because I, oh I, 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 I'm looking down, I see these snakeskin shoes. And I look up, yeah, and I'm like, I, I know what yeah, Alan looks like. He's yeah. like, are you all right? And, uh, you know, I eventually go in. He's like, let's get you some water and food. And eventually color came back to my face and everything. And uh, – right. Hey, look, we don't need to get into it because this will be a whole other episode. But I told Sean on the way up, I'm like I'm trying to explain who he is. That's the right, funny right. thing. And I, I shout out to all my listeners who say thank you for being my only Guns N' Roses outlet. My friends don't understand. My wife doesn't understand. Even though Sean tries to understand, you know, at the end of the day, does she really care? 
you know, about the the the, the drama. Right. That, yeah, right. Does she yeah, care right. about the Doug Goldstein drama between Alan Niven? Right. But she knows I'm yeah, working right. on a book with you, so I'm explaining who, who yeah. Alan is. I'm like, oh, they don't really get along. It depends on who you ask, all these things, but I like them both. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, while I'm eating my fries, taking some ginger ale, getting color back to my face, <laughs> she just goes, so I hear uh, you and Doug Goldstein don't get along. Then, like, the color goes out of my face again because I'm like, oh, my God, you shouldn't have said that. To her, you know, her defense, she didn't know she was not supposed to say that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then I'm getting a lecture about or whatever. I mean, I've, I put it out to Alan. I've said, look, Doug says he loves you. And if you ever want to talk, yeah. he's there. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the, right. Yeah, that's uh, other than uh, we talked about it. other than my concern about being completely banned from Team Brazil and Guns N' Roses with the book. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't want to lose Alan as a friend, but I mean, it's I'm telling you a story. That's all I'm doing. It's yeah. your story. Yeah. It's, I'm not exactly. changing it. And, and you know what? And Brando, you've heard me say this since day one is I respect the fact that you don't choose size between Alan and I right. You can have a, a relationship with either of us. And I, from my perspective, and you know this, it uh, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. Your relationship with Alan is your relationship with Alan. It's different. It's not my relationship with Alan, right? I respect your right to have a, a relationship with him. Right. Um, uh-huh. and, and, the, and the fact remains that, um, you know, I, I believe he's trying to recreate history uh, for what to make himself look good. Um, take credit for what I've done. Take credit for what others have done. Man, just recently I read where he's now saying that um, Welcome to Jungle got played uh, on MTV because of a letter he wrote. That's horseshit. He knows it. Everybody knows it. David Geffen called Tom Preston, who ran MTV, and asked for a personal favor. And that's a favor. And that's why uh, they played it on the overnight and the phone system broke down. And all. it had nothing to do with Alan writing a freaking letter. Um, but you know what? Um, uh, along the same vein, uh, Alan treated me incredible. Uh, when he first brought me on. I mean, he's, you know, um, I mean, again, he he wants to rewrite history and say that he didn't give me, but he did 50% of his company. Um, There's certainly documentation that proves such, right? Um, You know, he told you that it was some peon pittance and yeah, I, I was like, I don't want to get into specifics about what we're talking about. It was just such a, but I think at the end of the day, he, he respected what you're saying, where I'm not talking about him behind his back. I'm just like, Doug's telling me his story. He's good to me. You're telling me your story. You're good to me. And that's what I kind of put out on the podcast, you know, with, right. a, with anything. Yeah. It's uh yeah. And, know, and again, yeah. but, but, but to go back, you know, um, he was great to me in the time that I worked with him. Um, and he should realize that because he was great to me, um, I didn't screw him in the way that he thinks I did. Um, it was Axel that wanted to fire him for two and a half years. And I kept him involved because he was my partner and because he was good to me. Um, it was Axel's decision to get rid of him, not mine. And why he wants to put that on me is absolutely beyond me. Um, but that's part of his rewriting of history. So well, we'll try uh, to... he's certainly entitled to his opinion, yeah. and, you know, and, and I respect that. Um, uh, but for me to not acknowledge how good he was to me would be really chicken shit of me. No, um, that's... He was great to me. 
That's why we get along too and why I think this book is going to be great because we're kind of simpatico with that. I can't believe I just used that word. But where we might be, we might not like something someone someone has done, but we really, we can appreciate what else they've done, you know, and look at the whole thing, the thing as a whole. So, Absolutely. The entire body of work, yes. if you will. So look forward yeah. to uh, our entire body of work, which sounds, right. sounds weird out of context, but uh, 2022, yes, not going to wood. It's supposed to, yes, that's going to happen. I got to right. have faith in myself. Uh, so, right. Yeah, it's already happening. I, I showed you proof of uh, 100 and something pages already. Uh, and also, yeah, again, conversation continues on the podcast, on, excuse me, on social media in between the po- podcasts, and especially if you have a guest suggestion. I always say that. Like an example, Rick Richards would not have been on this show uh, this year, you know, former guitarist of the Juju Hounds, if it wasn't for, yeah. you know, a random person on, on Twitter, Izzy in Argentina, who just said, who kind of coordinated it. And that's a lot of these episodes have happened that way. So Rick Richards, Georgia Satellites, right? Yeah. Georgia Satellites. Yeah. He was the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know if somebody on Ultimate Classic Rock saw that I interviewed Rick Richards, but I was waiting a few days to put it out and then just put theirs, theirs out first and broke mm-hmm. the news that Izzy was in Colorado because mm-hmm. I, I broke the news. I put that clip up, whatever, that's a whole thing. I broke a lot of news in 2021. I'll break more news, I'm sure, in 2022. Uh, <laughs> much to the dismay of Manic Friends, I guess. <laughs> I, just, I just like yeah, talking right. about my favorite band. That's all I, I, I like doing. Sure. Uh, as everybody else does. So this com- this podcast does not continue into the new year without all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all the bad Absolutely. apples out there. Thank you to the fans. Yep. Thank everybody you. Everybody knows how I feel about the fans. Without fans, there is no Guns N' Roses. There isn't. Uh, there, there, your, your book's going to say that obviously without the fans, there is no podcast. There is not. Yep. I'm, I'm just, yes. I'm sorry. If this was just me talking to five of my Guns N' Roses fan friends, I'm a lo- I'm kind of a loser, but I don't know if I can live up to. I can be doing that for like five years, you know, just talking about, you know, the same right. songs or the same people. Change the subject, brother. Yeah. So I appreciate all of us, all of you who have come along with me on this podcast, Night Train, for another year. Um, if there is an emergency interview, of all of a sudden Axel's like, "Hey, I want to be interviewed by Brando on December 13th. Right. Yeah, right. Then yeah, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. So I guess I'll see you next year. <laughs> well, yeah. when are you going to see the next episode? Who's the next guest going to be? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, soon is the word. No! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.